welcome to Pedal Sniffers. I'm Tony. I'm David. And welcome to episode three. We're going to do something a little new this time that we call New Gear Day, or which really everybody calls New Gear Day, not just us. But we're going to talk about some of the purchases we've made recently and the uh, reasons we chose what we did um, in true Pedal Sniffer style. All right, today on New Gear Day, we've got four uh, distinct sections for you uh, for purchases that we've made recently, or at least decisions we had to make for some other people on uh, products or things we've been looking for. Uh, I've got a microphone to pedal interface uh, that I know has been something uh, I've seen people looking for a few times. How do we connect those things reliably, effectively, with high fidelity? Um, and helping a friend find a, a recording interface that works both uh, on their iOS device and their Mac or PC at home. David's going to cover his recent purchase of the Universal Audio Aux, the amp top box, and his lovely but small uh, Benson tube amp uh, head cabinet combo in a fancy finish. I can't remember what it's called, but he'll remind me in a minute. I had to check that. I can't remember either. <laughs> it's like a striped kind of wallpaper looking yeah. thing, but it's awesome. So uh, stay tuned for that, and hopefully you will be helped by our own journeys. All right, first up is the microphone pedal interface. Um, you may have ever had this desire to run your vocals through your effects pedals, um, and I don't typically mean like a compressor or even a harmonizer or something that is generally designed for vocals, I mean a distortion or a chorus or a flanger or a phaser or whatever the heck you might think of that you might want to run through. Um, dealing with microphones and guitar pedals isn't really a direct interface, so that's where um, this kind of Hunt uh, product came in. Um, there's certainly some lo-fi ways to do this. Um, what you're really doing is kind of an impedance level uh, balance unbalance interfacing where you're going from balanced mics to unbalanced pedals back to balanced mics again and you can certainly get this done with your xlr to quarter inch adapter if you're really just trying to plug mics into your pedals uh, it'll work um, it's not necessarily the best sound quality but it'll get the job done but if you're looking to actually interface your pedals into your mics when you're going to be um, uh, on stage. You've got DIs to plug into. You've got things you're just trying to make everything work reliably from one day to the next. Um, you really want a box to handle the ins and outs uh, of both the pedal uh, chain and the microphone. So you're essentially looking for something with a mic input uh, preamp and a XLR output for your vocals to go back out again, um, and essentially an effects send and return uh, that goes to your whatever your pedal chain is going to be. Hmm. Uh, there are exactly two name brand reasonably premium premium um, devices that I seriously considered. Um, I know there's really a handful of other ones um, that I've seen, and maybe a few from uh, a few of our favorite pedal makers. Um, but when the two brands you're looking at are Eventide and Radial, well, you really don't really have to look anywhere else. It's yeah. kind of top quality all around. Um, and now what surprised me about the two units, uh, Eventide makes something called the Mixing Link, uh, and Radial's unit is called the Voco Loco. Um, I like that name. 
Yeah, but in both cases, each device is $299. And I kept thinking to myself, why does this thing need to be 300 bucks? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have an answer to that. And in sort of a not so great pedal sniffer ending to the story, I bought the thing I did only because I took an opportunity that I found on eBay. Uh, so my choice was kind of made for me, but really comparing the two units, uh, their features are nearly identical. And at the same price, it was kind of a toss up for what was what, but I will tell you the differences I found between the two units and gripe about a couple things at the same time. So first up is the mixing link. And it's not exactly billed as what I'm describing it as a sing-through stop box kind of uh, device. Uh, it's They call it kind of a Swiss Army knife kind of thing. Um, because it has a headphone output, because it has an aux input for, say, an MP3 player or something, um, because it has two outs and essentially two ins, uh, it's got a lot of uh, mixing options. Uh, it can really be an AB box. It can be, um, they call it a hotel practice amp uh, because of the headphones and the, and the pre and everything else. But for my purposes, uh, it was exactly what I needed, uh, mic in and out and effect send and return to the pedals. Now, the one thing that I did want to gripe about is, like I said, it's got two ins and two outs. And most of the outs are neatly arranged on one side and most of the ins are neatly arranged on the other, hmm. but there's one and one that isn't. And that just really has this gripe about the pedal for me. I know it's minor, but especially when you consider that you can use the two outputs differently, you'd expect the two outputs to be on the same side and they're yeah. not. Your guitar in is on one side and your effects out is on the same side. So, so you, so you can't split them? You well, you can split. Yeah, you totally split them. It's merely a physical placement. Okay, it's just it's a just a physical placement. Okay, okay. If they had swapped those two jacks, it would be all inputs on the right side and all outputs on the left. Wouldn't that be just beautiful? That would be nice. Yeah, but it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I understand that gripe. It's the same thing with some pedals that um, don't put the left and right in the right order, um, as far as stereo ins and outs. Gotcha. It is minor annoyance, but you know, who was thinking that? Why did that end up that way? But um, now the radial Voco Loco, uh, the unit is a little larger, um, but it does have a two band EQ on the mic side and a tone control for the effects loop. Uh, neither of those are present on the mixing link at all. Um, it does have very, very, uh, levels for both the send and receive for the effects loop, um, as well as a mic mix and a, uh, effects mix. Um, but the mixing link does not have the send and return levels, just the mixes for both. Um, now in my case, neither of those features, what did I really care about? The EQ mm -hmm. sounds nice, but I suppose for my purposes, I didn't really even think about needing an EQ. You could always do it in post, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, though most of my most of my thinking for this particular unit is for uh, uh, stage performance. Um, you know, I'm building it into a pedal board mm -hmm. with a vocoder and then all the other effects in the in the effects chain, um, and it's being set up on a pedal board specifically for for vocals. Yeah, in that case, you can always throw a, a EQ pedal if you really for sure. need to. Um, I might as well add that right now, which is. I came, um, I'm using a vocoder pedal. Um, and while I really wanted to use the mic pre 
in the eventide or the um, radial, in essentially instead of the pre inside the vocoder, the vocoder is a weird kind of vocal pedal where the effect is actually on the vocal and not on the instrument coming through it. Mm-hmm. So I had to actually put it in front of the mixing link because I want the effects that are going to be in the mixing links loop to be after the vocoder. For example, I want chorus on the vocoder effect as opposed to vocoding a chorused vocal already. Mm. Yeah. So that I really had to suck it up and say, okay, well the mic's going to go into the vocoder first and go from there. But there really wasn't any option. Um, one feature that the mixing link has that the vocal logo does not have is the uh, engage switch for the loop, for the effects loop, is momentary or latchable. Uh, on the radial, it's only a latchable. So you have the ability to simply have the effect on while you're holding down the switch. That's a cool feature. And when feature. you let go, it comes back. It's a cool feature. I don't know if I would ever use it, but I like the option. Yeah, I, it was it was a factor in what I was thinking because while I don't really have any solid ideas of why I'm building this vocoder chorus distortion thing, vocal pedal board thing, um, I did feel like momentary application of the effects was going to be something that I wanted. Yeah, that seems like a, a versatile option if you wanted to. Uh, it almost makes up for less pedal dancing because you don't have to click it twice. If that makes for sense. For sure, true. Um, in some of the ways that I've stated it, it might sound like I already decided on the mixing link. And in, in fact, I had. I was trying to sound uh, ambivalent uh, until I revealed my decision. Uh, but really what happened is I, browsing my various shopping locations, Reverb, eBay, Amazon, whoever, um, and came across a listing for a mixing link at a really good price. So I took it and I paid about half for it. That's, and that, that's solid. That pretty much made my decision for me. Um, I am not disappointed. Um, it's exactly what I needed. Hmm. Um, I can't tell you necessarily if the vocal loco would have been any better, um, with the exception of the classic radial build quality and the EQ. Do we do I'm a radial? Happy. We certainly do. Yeah, we could probably try one at some point. Yeah. So I'm happy with that purchase and um, satisfied with my search and its result. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know enough about vocoders to really have much many questions, but I think you made the right choice. Um, the uh, the moment and my, and my options were limited. Your your <laughs> options were very limited, but the momentary option is definitely a big plus. I think that kind of would have sold me. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think it might. Didn't think it would have been as important as it turned out to be. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for live use. Cool. Alrighty. So my latest purchase was the Universal Audio Ox um, amp top box, and at thirteen hundred dollars, it's no, uh, it's not a little investment. So you may be asking, what the heck is an amp top box, and why would you pay thirteen hundred dollars for such a thing? Um, even on that topic of price, um, this is a story of not to be afraid to ask for a discount because my Sweetwater rep gave me $200 off. So I got it for a sweet $1,100, which is always a nice plus. Oh, David, I know why it has, I know why it's $1,299. Tell me it why. Has, it has Wi-Fi. It does have Wi-Fi, <laughs> which I didn't even know until I had this set it up, um, which is actually really, really cool. 
Okay, um, that's crazy. Yeah, um, so how that works is, so the AmTop box um, has an application that you can use to edit all the parameters it has. Um, and then it has its own Wi-Fi that you um, end up connecting whatever computer you use it to. And then you then link its Wi-Fi to whatever router you're using. And then it always ends up, it becomes really quick to just to load up your uh, AmTop box and uh, use it. So that was a really cool little feature. So you can no. certainly use it without the app, correct? Um, yes. So okay, it's right, cool. it's hardware apart from the app. The application is just it's the only. Unfortunately, it's the only way to edit the parameters inside of the uh, inside of the AmTop box apart from the knobs that are on the uh, actual hardware itself. Gotcha. All right. So tell me what this thing really is aside from the fact that it has Wi-Fi. So the amp. So the aux is two things in one, and they're they they work together, but they're more separate than they are not. Um, so it's an, a reactive attenuator. So an attenuator, for those of you that don't know, allow you to plug in your very loud tube amp or amplifier in any case, and attenuate the volume down without losing tone. Now a, a cool thing about the amp top box is one the reactive load. So what that means is the resistance or the ohms that um, your cabinet has in a real tube amp, the way it reacts is not linear. It changes between how hard you play or how soft you play. So for instance, you may be at eight ohms. That may be what your cab is at, but it's not always exactly eight ohms. It kind of changes the harder you play or to dynamics. Now with the linear one, it's going to pretty much always be eight ohms. Oh, so so that, most, oh, I'm sorry, most load boxes are are kind of a fixed a fixed load. This one is a reactive load. Um, I yes, I do know the sir. Um, the Sur load box is reactive, and it's actually something I would be interested in looking at, as far as another option, which is much cheaper. Um, okay. Um, apart from the Sur, let's back on the topic of the aux. Um, the opposite um, of that, as I said, would be um, not linear, always at eight. Now that's less of a sound thing and more of a feel thing. Um, so it reacts the same way um, your tube amp would through a real cabinet. So that's okay. that's a great feature and for sure one of the defining uh, parts of it. And then the other, um, I think it's the selling point of the Ox because there's other, there's other options out there that do a similar thing and I don't think anyone's going to want to pay $1,300 for just for, a reactive, for just load, a reactive box. load box. Um, the selling point is the cab emulator. Um, so the cab emulator allows me to plug my super loud tube amp into my aux, and then I'm able to attenuate. Um, this is where the uh, the two parts come in together. I'm able to attenuate my volume all the way to zero. So I have no um, loud box, so it's completely quiet if I want it to be. And I can listen to my amp through the headphone out on the aux or through a DAW, which is absolutely an outstanding option for someone like me who lives in a small town home and can't be playing at 120 dB in my little house. Neighbors don't like that. So that was one of the main um, um, selling points for me in something like this. So then I also assume that it's a great device for recording said yes. loud guitar tone. Exactly. So... 
what this capstone allows you to do is, um, as I said, the Ox has its own app. And within it, there's several cab options, um, many mic placement options, many different microphones, many different parameters that involve each and single like detail in the cabinet, the way it's mic'd, um, some effects as well. And the coolest part is they have emulated a room mic that you can blend in, not only in the app, but also on the base of the hardware of the aux, which allows you to get the amp in the room kind of feel. Right, I see a rig volume and a room volume. Yes. So the rig is not a volume. It's actually it, um, on the face of it. So you can say five presets. Oh, of, okay. That's of gotcha. Five different cabinets uh, presets that you can always carry with you. So if you can, if you want to take your aux and for some reason you can't have a cab, but you have to run direct, you can bring your, drum, your uh, tube amp and then your aux, and then you have five different settings you can save and bring it to wherever you need to go. That is, uh, that does not allow you to uh, play a super loud tube amp, and you have to go direct. So that's a cool I got you. So those are, so those are rig presets. So those are knob. rig presets. Gotcha. Yep. And then, what makes this so great is that it emulates your mic'd cab pretty much flawlessly, and in many instances, it's better than you micing your amp yourself. Um, just because it's like the perfect scenario, the best way micing. It's like they have modeled everything as good as they can to make it the best possible option as far as uh, micing your amp. So it's like a studio level mixed and mastered sound. Without in the in the marketing, they call it uh, that they emulate speaker drive breakup and cone cry. So cone cry is this interesting little. Timbit, I don't, I didn't even know about, it and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. But it, essentially, it's certain amps and speakers we have a have a like a harmonic they like to go to. That's like it's, it's an underwhelming tone or under under is it like line. a resonance. It's like a resonance thing that like is part of the character of that speaker or okay. that cabinet that they emulate, and it changes as it gets older. Um, so it becomes um, gotcha. yeah. So it's as the speaker breaks in, and that's something else you can emulate, which is really, really cool. I now, see 4-ohm, 8-ohm, 16-ohm operation. Yes. So I, you, see, <laughs> I see a lot of cool features. Yeah. So now in actual practice, when I first got plugged it in, it was almost underwhelming. And as someone who's a praised and worship player, I'm very used to hearing my amplifier mic'd. And I know what that sounds like direct into my ears. And what was so underwhelming about the aux, it just sounded like my amp. But then it hit me. That's exactly what it's supposed to do, and which is actually outstanding. So I'm playing at home. I'm able to play my amp completely silently, um, potentially, through my headphones into the aux or out through my monitors, studio monitors, at a much quieter level than it would be if I were to crank my amp up to five, which is unbelievably loud, um, which is where I play it in my house, which is just unacceptable. I can't, I, I, I struggle to play it at one in my room. So that is, it's, it's just a great option for silent home recording at a professional um, level. 
Yeah, I mean you're you're paying the price, but feature wise, it seems to have everything. Even I see even digital outs yep. from the unit. Um. So also there is this thing is brand new and it kind of took the market by storm. I didn't even. I didn't even quite know what it was until I started watching a ton of demos and realized how, the potential of how um, amazing it could be for my situation as far as home I, recording. I, I walked by it at Nam, and it seemed exciting, but I had no idea what it was. Yeah, it's it's a very powerful tool, not just for home studio, but also for a studio that might be less equipped. As it's again, they model all the professional mics, like the uh, your Royers all the mics that you can't get, and then all the... You can even um, put a carpet under your cap to dampen the uh, oh, nice. the resonance, which is a really cool feature. So it, it's all the all those details add up to a really powerful um, product as far as your range of what you can do as far as shaping the tone of your cabinet. Now, what's great, too, about the Ox is they didn't give you... It's not crazy option overload. There's not that many caps and there's not many microphone options. But as you can change everything, there's so many combinations, I don't think you really need it. And everything's really great. So you are, it's a lot easier to immediately get a great sound. And even without even touching anything, I plugged the aux in, I switched to one of their stock presets and it sounded amazing. Yeah, I kind of I, I I would trust Universal Audio to get that kind of thing right. Which is another thing I kind of that sold me on knowing that U, UA is such a great company and their their interfaces, all their plugins are like benchmark and like pro standard. It, I, I just trust um, UA to do a great job. Um, also, what's really cool, it comes in um, the Ox comes with some of their plugins that you can use inside the aux. Unfortunately, you can't use them apart um, from the aux, but having them is a great option. So you have a compressor, you have their plate reverb, you have their delay, and oh, what else do you have? I can't remember, because I've not messed, I've, I've only got to use them like twice because I've been so busy. Uh, they said compression, reverb, delay. Oh, I'm past that part in the thing. I'm actually right now, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like low-key freaking out over the fact that the labels on the back of the unit are both right side down in both directions. But It's so cool. I can't take it. That's so awesome. <laughs> I know. Like, they're, they're, their detail is amazing. Like, they didn't, they did not, they thought of everything. Like they yeah, how many times have we complained about looking at an amp and we're on the wrong side of the labels for the settings? Oh my gosh, on like an AC30 or AC15, it, I want to kill myself every time I look at it. We have a Mesa Transatlantic in the store and you face the controls from the front of the amp and all the labels are on the wrong way around from the back. Yeah. Um, just to be clear on what I'm so excited about, the aux has the labels for all the jacks on the back, which are numerous. Um, it has them both uh, in both directions. So whether you're looking at the aux from the top over, like leaning over it from the top, or mm -hmm. you're standing at looking at it from the back, you can read the labels. So yeah. that's just amazing. But you know, kudos to whoever did that at UA. Yeah. Um, so on the topic of the back ports, um, the one thing. So the aux is constantly going to be being updated. I don't think there's been an update yet. Um, but a great example of this is that the USB ports currently do not work. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to utilize them for. I was going to ask you because I assume that the, the there's there's a 
on the back of the unit, there are both device ports and host ports. Yes. So I didn't actually know what the host ports were going to possibly yeah. be for. So I'm not absolutely sure what the USB ports are going to be. I, I'm hoping that they will allow you to uh, go USB out um, and then go analog to digital. That would be really nice as, as opposed to have to go line out. But we'll see. That might that might make sense. I mean, there's already a speedif output on the unit. Yeah, and I assume it's also going to be for like saving um, all your presets on like a USB or something like that. Ah, that would be great. So this is so it sounds like there really aren't a whole lot of products with the same feature set. So um, yes, um, again, this has been something I've been thinking about, like the way of silently recording gray tones at home that are arguably better than me micing up an app in the studio with my abilities and what I have available to me. Um, so the two, I think, outstanding options would be the Two Notes, two notes Torpedo Live or the studio, which is actually, the studio is just over $1,800, so it's significantly more than the, uh, the Ox or the UA Live, or sorry, the Torpedo Live, which is, very similar in its function. It's a low box and IR loader. Um, actually, the the Ox is not an IR loader. It's all proprietary CapSim, so you can't load up IRs. Um, but with the Torpedo Live, it's a little bit outdated. Um, it's been around for a little while, and there's not been a lot of change in it. So it's not a brand new update day product. So it, in this case, the reason I didn't go with it, even though it's $994, it's a little bit cheaper than the Ox, just because I think it needs an update. Hmm. Um, okay, so, and then to and then just as a comparison with the Ox, where they call it a set top, set top, an amp top box. The um, Torpedo Live, as I'm looking at it, is a single space rack mount. Yes, it is a single space space rack mount. Um, it also has a ton more parameters. It's a little bit more confusing. Um, as I said, it's an IR loader, so you have an unlimited amount of things you can do with it. So. That being said, I feel like there's a lot more of, of a chance of struggling to get a, a good sound out of it, even though I know I've heard um, amazing sounds out of it, like people from um, Rabir from YouTube, um, the guy who plays with Rob Chappers and does videos for Andertons, um, and then Living Room Demos, who actually uses the Tone King and the Torpedo Live for all his demos, and he makes it sound amazing. Um, the one thing I've heard, I've not had experience with um, both units, but um, I guess that the Torpedo Live is a little bit better for the high gain stuff and the more modern tones, while the uh, Ox is a little bit better for like the vintage low gain kind of AC-15 fenders or anything in that range, like the Marshalls kind of stuff, which works a little bit better for what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a little bit of a struggle. And what's funny is like when I first uh, found out about the Torpedo I thought it was really expensive for what you right. were getting. Um, but it's just something about the functionality, the ease of use, the application of the actual app that you can load up on either your iPad or the uh, or your Mac for the uh, for the Ox is just very intriguing. This the ease of use is kind of amazing. Um, you were talking about the two notes for, let's say, higher gain modern tones. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not exactly the same thing as wattage, but I was looking at the specs while you were talking. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The Torpedo Live only handles up to 100 watts, but the Ox will handle up to 150 watts. Yes, that is true. That's an oversight that I, I, I forgot to even think about that because I don't think I have a amp in my house or that own. Actually, I have a Super that's 80 watts, but my two main amps are 
higher than 30 watts. So that's mm. not really an issue for me. But if you have a super high gain amp uh, or high watt amp, like the aux is going to take it. I can't think of many amps most people use higher than 100 watts right now. Right, right, so, for sure. Um, so that's a great option. And then, of course, another thing is you can't really use the um, the torpedo quite like you can the UA as far as attenuation goes. So the Torpedo Lab is just a load box. So you can't use your speaker, um, your cabinet, like you can with the, uh, uh, the aux, which is a cool option. Hmm. Now, the one thing about the aux that needs to be noted is that you can't use the digital cab emulation through your actual cabinet with the attenuator. Those are completely separate. So you can't. Oh, use, so oh, so your choice is either your cabinet or yep. the, but not both. And that also goes along with all the effects that are built into the aux. So uh, I see it won't delay or reverb into your actual cabinet. Now, what's also cool is that you can actually kind of use both at the same time if you want to for recording. So you could have your amp going um, at near to full volume, and also go out line out into your doll or direct um, to the house or to the recording studio, whatever that may be, and you have several miking options, so it's very versatile as far as sounds you can get out of it. Now, the other option, which is much more expensive, would be buying a Kemper, which I'm actually seriously still considering as far as just because I can practically get any amplifier I want in a little box. But the reason I did not go with that one was price, and then I just am so satisfied with the current amplifiers I have. I have my Benson and I have my 68 uh, Custom Deluxe Reverb, which is great. And they're the two main sounds I really love. So I was more interested in just capturing the sounds of those amplifiers rather than having to learn a completely new interface and a, the way something works. The Ox just made a lot more sense for, the, for practically the same exact thing I needed to do, which was just record really great tones silently. Was there anything else that you considered besides the aux and the two-note? I've mentioned the sir, and the sir is still something I would um, actually, I think I'm eventually going to buy just so um, I can use two amps completely silently. So the sir reactive low box is just a a the low, low box, box DI. It's a and low it's, box DI, and it also yeah. allows you to go speaker out, I believe. Yes, mm -hmm. and it's three ninety nine. Yeah. So and it has its own IRs, but the main it doesn't have all the super cool cab emulation app of amp or uh, app or any of the cool options that the Ox has. It's a lot more simplistic, right. but it sounds equally as great as if you have an IR loader in your DAW and you load up Celestian IRs or whatever you have. So that's a great option for anyone who wants kind of like a similar thing the Ox does. But doesn't quite want to play thirteen hundred dollars for something right. like that. Um, but the one, my other gripe about the aux, which isn't a super big deal, um, and it makes sense that it's not a function because I think it'd be much more expensive, is that you can't run two amplifiers into it. So hmm. that's that's kind of why I want to get the sir along with it to be able to record completely silently in stereo, two separate tracks. That being said. The Ox does have a stereo line out, which is really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows you to, so the aux has two mics you can use. So you can mix them in stereo or mono or in side or something yeah, like that. Anything like that. And um, right now I only bought one cable for the aux into my DAW. So I'm playing in mono. Just recently ordered another because I realized the benefits of being able to mix the microphones in stereo after plugging in my headphones into the aux and being like, oh, that makes so much more sense. So you can you can actually hear the mic placement as you're moving them around. Oh yeah, and then on top of that, like all these parameters, like the the room, both mics, um, and then your line out are all completely mixable. So I can mix in different mics, um, however much I want, and then I can mix in the room setting. Um, so it's it's super it's super amazing. It's kind of the it's kind of the best of both worlds as far as analog and digital coming together to make some amazing thing that works so co- cohesively. So I think for those of you who are kind of even stuck in like the analog world and kind of afraid to branch out beyond the digital realm, which is kind of where I was at, um, the Ox is a great thing to try because it kind of introduces you to the to the capabilities of what digital can do while still being able to utilize your actual tube analog amp, which is really cool. I think I think I think what you said is super true in this fact that they've they've designed the box to look like an analog device. Um, it's got wood, you know. Oh, it's yeah, got it's cream colored knobs. It's super pretty, and you still have knobs. It's knobs you can move around. So real quick on those knobs, um, as far as what you can do um, apart from the app, so you can change your rig. Which is your caps, your cab simulated settings, your your presets. Yeah, your presets. So you have five mm-hmm. you can bring anywhere with you. So you save them into the aux. You make all your cap cab sims that you like that you can take anywhere with you. Um, then you have your room um, mix, which is actually super cool that they added that because I, I assume that's because it, um, when you if you're going to use your aux line out, it's going to change place to place from where you play. Mm-hmm. So you might like more room than less or in one scenario rather than the other. So that's a great feature, being able to separately mix that. Um, you have your speaker volume, which is your attenuation. Um, one thing to mention is the speaker volume is not linear. It has five settings. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, um, I'm kind of sad to say I've not actually used the attenuator yet. I have to try that. Um, just because it's not the main reason I bought the app. The main reason was to record silently, which has been a great thing. Um, right. Then you have your line out, which is your gain for your line out. And then you have your headphone out volume. So it's very simplistic. Hmm. It's a great looking unit. Yeah. Uh, I'm extremely happy with the purchase. A little scared at first is because it's it's far from anything I've used before. And also quite the investment for something yeah. like that. And um, yeah, but here's hoping you know uh, it stays updated, um, and I can see you getting a lot of use out of it. Yeah, and knowing UA's uh, track record, I assume they're going to take good care of me as far as any customer service has to, any customer service that I hopefully won't have to use or all the updates. So I think they're going to they're going to kill it on this one. And I'm extremely happy with how it's been for the two or three times I've gotten to use it. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm comparing the, uh, as you've been talking about them, I've been looking at the Ox and the Two Notes and the Sir when you mentioned it, and it was funny to see um, Pete Thorne on two of the three pages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, mention a couple people who have sold me on the Ox was 
Um, these are videos to watch if you really want to hear this thing in action. Is the uh, that Pell Show guys? So Dan and Mick, and then Pete Thorne. Those guys are awesome, and I can't remember the name of the person who did a shootout, but um, there's an individual on YouTube who did a shootout between like the Sir Reactive Load, um, the Torpedo, the Kemper, the Ox, and like the Ox was right up up top with everything else and like one of the better sounding units. So after watching a ton of YouTube videos, and I know in many cases people argue that it's not the best as far as getting a, an actual idea of what something's going to sound like, but I would argue the opposite depending on who you are and what you're looking for. I think you can get a good idea of something, um, even with YouTube demos. But that's a whole other topic. Um, one thing I noticed in looking at the specs is the, uh, the Torpedo Live has, uh, will respond to MIDI uh, to change like presets and stuff. Yep. And looking at the fact that the, the Torpedo Live kind of sits in the rack um, and is controllable via MIDI, it makes... It would probably make more sense if you if you were going to use this in a live rig. It would while for the sure. aux is better for your home studio use. Um, that being said, I would argue the fact that for me personally, it doesn't make much sense to constantly be ch changing cabinets um, live, just from a front of house um, production standpoint. Because ah, it doesn't make much sense for me in that um, part. I'm kind of like this set it and forget it kind of guy as far as. This is what's going to work for this scenario. Um, Amp-wise, I want to do everything else from the pedal board or my guitar. Right. But, 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 I, but, you, but you wouldn't, you, you know, while you might bring the aux to a gig now and then, it's not really a road-ready piece of gear like the way a rack mount unit is. Um, for sure. But I also will argue the fact that the aux is built to be on top of an, of an amplifier live. I think, I think it's part of their intention as far as the attenuation goes. So okay. I think the one thing I also argument against it is that it does not have a handle or anything. So even saying that, so it's I think it's a better option to carry around live than the load box if you don't have or the or the uh, sorry the torpedo live um, if you don't have a rack mounted uh, piece of uh, rack mount. What do you call it? The if you don't have an actual rack to carry things around, a rack. Yeah, if you don't have a rack to carry around <laughs> your uh, your torpedo, the ox is probably a better option. But again, the ox isn't necessarily built to be carried around either, as it doesn't have a handle, which would be nice. Gotcha. I wonder yeah. if they'll come out with a, like a carry bag for the ox. Yeah, probably, and a rack kit. But the, <laughs> but I do know. Uh, they sell a little foot, a uh, little pedal-sized uh, version of the load box, or the sorry, the uh, torpedo, which is just a cab emulation uh, pedal. Gotcha. That's the CAB, and that would be comparable <laughs> to the uh, reactive load from Sir. For sure. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of why I ended up with the UA, just because I like the newest, greatest thing. And I think it's the it's the most uh, up to date current digital thing, which I think I think matters as far as digital because things are going so fast. I think you kind of want the best processing and best product on the market as far as digital and analog goes, just because digital has such a bad kind of rep still. People are afraid of it, and especially for me. So if I was going to take on this crazy change in analog to digital, I think it just made sense to get the, 
at the top tier item. Okay, there is. So, did you consider the torpedo reload, which seems functionally a lot like the ox? That's an interesting box. Look at the reload. I actually haven't even looked at this thing before. It looks pretty cool. I'm going to say something. I think it's ugly in, in comparison to the... Uh, <laughs> it's a totally different aesthetic. Oh, yeah. The, ox is, a, the ox is brown. The, the torpedo reload is silver. You know, it's totally different. Dang. This thing's cool. It just looks similar. I, I did not actually consider it. I didn't know it existed. But maybe that's because it's not that great. Who knows? Oh, snap. I'm not um, saying that, but I've not seen a lot of things. When I see... When I see um, right, it's Pacino just stuff, under. It's, it's just under eight hundred dollars, so you know it would totally fit within what we're talking about. For sure, yeah. So it's right up there. Okay. It does. So it does have the attenuator. Is it reactive though? Yes, they make a big deal about that. Hmm. After years and years, they've perfected uh, years of research. The React technology will tame your amp without ever betraying it. I wonder how old it is as far as. Uh, it's firmware and when it was created. I actually did not even consider this. Good mm. shout. Well, I have the ox now, so there's no <laughs> going back. And and you're happy, so you know it's not. I'm like extremely we can, happy. You know, you're not disappointed. So you totally got as someone to who is as awful as it is to say, I, I truly would not buy something I don't like the look of and I don't like the way this looks. <laughs> <laughs> if it was the only option, I think I would consider it. But even that being said, I I like the way the uh, torpedo live looks more. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> All right, then. All right, David Ox, very happy. Cool. A plus, 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 plus. <laughs> 10, 10 would buy again? Yes. I, I can't oh. think of an emoji either rate it, but we'll have to think of that later. All right, awesome. All right, so the next purchase that we, or at least I, or actually uh, our coworker needed to make, um, was a inexpensive, uh, or $199 or less, um, recording interface that could be used both with his phone as well as uh, at home on a Mac or PC. Very um, specific. Yeah, um, I mean, that was kind of me saying, well, look, if you're going to drop the money on an interface to do this and say record your band at practice or do, you know, figure out stuff when you're wherever you are, we might as well get you something that works in both places. Uh, and uh, just trying to say that there really aren't a whole lot of products, that, while there are maybe not thousands, definitely hundreds of different USB interfaces that can plug into your computer. There are very few that also can work with your uh, iPhone or iPad. Yeah. Um, so we came up with four, um, all between $100 and $200. Which is extremely um, cheap for an interface, actually. It's I like, think so. Um, I mean, and, yeah. and feature-rich at the same time. Oh, absolutely. I'm using a Scarlet 2i2, which is right around the 200 mark. And it does not record iPhone. All right. So in the Focusrite family, because um, most people pretty much dig the Focusrite preamps. They're very uh, good. Focusrite has the iTrack Solo, um, which has both USB connections for desktop Macs and PCs, as well as a USB jack for your lightning cable. Um, 
so the only downside to the iTrack Solo within our realm of possibilities here, um, it is the um, cheapest at 119 out of the four that I've looked at. Um, it has only one mic pre. Um, the second channel is a guitar input only. Uh, so it's a quarter that, inch? Correct. Uh, so, okay. So you can like mic up an amplifier. You have to go. Um, I assume it's not just a uh, guitar. I assume it's any... Uh, quarter-inch instrument. Correct. I can't be sure of exactly what the input um, ability of that line is, but it does have its own dedicated gain. Okay, so um, even if it's, if there's an individual switch between line out or instrument, you can still uh, change the gain. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, then we bumped up to the Personas. Um, focus rate Personas are pretty much always have equally competing products, right? Yes, we do use a Personas. The uh, Personas Audio Box I, the letter I, uh, and the word two, the I2, um, is, as you might guess, usable on both I stuff as well as desktops and PCs, um, and does have two uh, mic preamps. Otherwise, is feature identical, but with the addition of MIDI ins and outs. Handy to have. The Focusrite we talked about does not have any MIDI. Now... Um, my coworker's requirements had nothing at all to do with MIDI, but he's still very point, afraid of MIDI. <laughs> you know, it'll ha- it'll happen. It'll happen. He's he's got two pedal boards now. We're we're getting there. He has two pedal. Oh, well, you know, he just changed his pedal board, so he had this other one left. And so I said, "Hey, you can build a second pedal board." He's like, oh, "You're right." I'm still talking about that. <laughs> it's too scary to do. <laughs> all right. So next up is the one that I really liked, if only for its form factor. Um, when you're looking for kind of the small portable interface, uh, I just happen to like the proportions of this. It's about paperback book shaped, uh, the Tascam IXR two channel recording interface, uh, two mic pre's, uh, MIDI, like the personas we talked about, um, and comes in at 159. And this is a Tascam. Now, um, are the mic pre's also able to go uh, quarter inch in? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, in both products, they have uh, combo jacks. Okay, that's a necessity, at least for yeah. me. And the uh, they both are mic slash line input capable. Cool. All right, so I totally dig the Tascam for its uh, form factor. And I can't be sure, I'm kind of talking out my ass in this way, but while I've always respected Tascam products, I don't know if their quality has held up or if they've changed hands here or there, mm. and that is an issue now. Um, but I totally dig this particular uh, interface. And the last one, which is where we ended up falling for recommendation, happens to be the most expensive at $199. But the features that it has over the other three is that it has a built-in onboard stereo microphone. Ooh. And that's the Line 6 Sonic Port VX. Um, now, I've used the Sonic port from Line 6 before, not the VX, but which is the one without the microphone. And at $99, I feel like it's probably the best interface for your iPhone to get stuff in and out of it, uh, form factor-wise, um, quality-wise, and feature-wise. Um, I do have one significant negative, and that's that while all the other three interfaces we talked about have USB connectors um, for both the PC... And then also for the iOS device where you plug your own lightning cable into the device, 
the Line 6 Sonic ports use a proprietary cable to lightning end. Ooh. Uh. And so as if you already don't have a problem holding on to lightning cables, now you have to hold oh. on to this specific lightning cable because it's the only thing that fits in the Sonic port. How new is this product? It's been around, well, uh, the Sonic port's been around at least three or four years. The VX is probably just a little older, I mean a little newer. That's unfortunate. The USB um, is kind of the industry standard. Yeah, proprietary cables can suck it. Um, Why? But, but the uh, onboard microphone is pretty useful in this device, and it even comes with a desktop stand. So in our coworker's case, where he also wants to use it to record band rehearsals. Um, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. He can use it for that on his phone, and then at home he can use it to record uh, into his PC. What is he using to record? Uh, what application is he using to record on his phone? That Gar- you would have to ask him. Probably GarageBand. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I know that's what he's using. He always always mentions GarageBand, and GarageBand. I always uh, give him some flack for it. Right. But you know, if you're just sketch padding or songwriting, oh yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It's a super easy thing to use, even though it's not versatile. So we decided uh, together. You know, I was like, "Hey, you should buy this." Um, we decided to go with the uh, the Sonic port, um, but as it turns out, we came across a tossable Personas interface. Um that he was able to use for nothing. Um, although it isn't the i2 that plugs into his phone, it is a rec- uh, interface that he can use uh, at home. So he is a little satisfied for now. So we went through this whole shopping trip for nothing on this story. So what what, what uh, personas do we he use? Uh, the one that's like the i2, but the audio box. The okay. audio box Two, the one that's like the i2 but doesn't have the iOS connect connectivity. Nice. I uh, can't remember which one it was, but that was another opportunity that presented himself. So all of our shopping was sort of for naught. Um, shame. But it's useful to kind of know the marketplace and what's out there. And hey, I'm still pretty enamored with the Line 6, but Line again, 6 is the, cool. Those proprietary uh, cables can, can suck it. Why, why would... I'm still trying to understand the... Uh, the purpose of the proprietary cable is in any situation for any brand. I'm having a little trouble because I, I, I want to really rip it for having not one, but two proprietary cables. Oh, it has two. The USB cable is one and the lightning is another. Wow. But I can't be sure that the jacks, that one of those isn't actually a standard USB plug. I'm not really sure. One isn't, but the other one might be. I just can't really okay. tell. So okay. it... Uh, Points off for proprietary cables, but otherwise we chose that Sonic port VX primarily for its microphone. Yeah. And also the Scarlet's the one without the two line ins mic. Right, only one only one mic pre and no MIDI. If, and of course, yeah. no MIDI on the Sonic. It port. is the cheapest. But if it had two uh, normal mic mic pre ins, I think that's the one I would go for. Yeah, and then it would probably be as much as the uh, the other two units. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> so. Um, that's my, uh, interface story for the day and I'm sticking to it. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Alrighty. So my not new gear day, it's more like three month, year three month old, not three month year old, three, three month old, uh, gear purchase is my 
Benson. Your new gear quarter. My yes, my new gear quarter is my Benson Earhart. So definitely not a cheap option or cheap investment, as you'll kind of find out here in the upcoming episodes, is I have pretty expensive taste. But I still like to uh, do my research and compare and contrast all the options out there and get the most for my money as far as my purposes. The Benson Earhart, by far, in a way, for me, was just kind of the kind of the amp to choose in every single aspect of what I was looking for. So a while back, I had an AC-15. Now, as many of you know, the AC-15 is a pretty, pretty common amp that a lot of people love for the AC kind of style thing. Now, what people tend to think is that it's just a 15-watt version of an AC-30, which is not true. They sound very different, and the power power um, amp area is just allows it to sound completely different. They're, they're very different sounding amps, at least in my opinion. I didn't know that, and about a year, two years after owning my AC-15, I kind of grew in hatred towards it, and then ended up selling it and buying a Fender 68 Custom Deluxe, which is still one of my favorite circuits ever, and it's just a I like to think of it as my 22-watt basement circuit. Moving on, though, I ended up being able to play a ton of really great top boost or AC-style boutique circuits like Matchlesses, Dr. Z, you name it. I have gotten the chance to play most of them. And it kind of, in the meantime, that's when I was still on the AC-15. And that's kind of what made me grow in hatred toward the AC-15. It's just... Everything sounded better than it at what it did, which was a shame because I always stuck with this amplifier I ended up hating and never ended up using it and always used backlines that were available to me. So that started the search for the perfect uh, top boost or AC circuit for me. And this was an ongoing two, three-year thing as I was in school and was broke, a broke college student that couldn't afford a super expensive amplifier, which is why I ended up getting the Fender because it was the other amp I loved and was much cheaper than a, what ended up being a $2,500 purchase as opposed to my Fender, which was 750 used, which is a really great deal. So some options I had been looking at in this two-year long search were obviously some matchless lightnings. So I was very familiar with all we use uh, my church. We have four of the six matchless eight HC30s, which are just think of it as a modified boutique version of a AC15 or sorry AC30, and they're unbelievably expensive. They're like thirty-five to five grand, I think something like that. They weigh eighty pounds, and they seem not to be very reliable. And as far, and of course, they're church amps that are also backline, so they're not taken care of super great. But even that being said, I've had constant issues with pretty much every single one I've played. So that's been a a pretty big downfall of them. So it kind of let them out of the consideration for price and just reliability. And I can't deal with an amplifier. That I'm constantly going to have to repair, and as certainly I certainly not at the price points that you're. Talking oh no! About. And even just thirty five hundred dollars is way more than I wanted to spend. I, I was looking to spend like from the 
$1,500 to the top mark of $2,500. And three grand is kind of like my personal limit on any piece of single gear is three grand. <laughs> it's a lot of money, but I think once we start getting above that, there's not a lot of room for actual improvement. It's more you're paying for the experience or the name or the item itself. The luxury of owning a matchless. Gotcha. Um, and then I come to find out after a terrible meltdown of a matchless that was just repaired, um, play a church service, breaks down, and then I end up playing my good friend's 65 amps London, um, which is a 15 watt, again, AC style amp. And not only in sound, but of course in reliability, just destroys the super expensive matchless in every way. And by far in a way, one of my favorite sounding AC Tapu circuits I've heard yet. Um, the issue that, and the reason I did not go with that amp is that the they're very hard to find, they're expensive, and they are currently made, but I think it's, there's kind of a wait list almost for one. So they're not super available. And We are talking about the 65 amps, the things that you mentioned, the London? Yes, the London. It's also, it's also a lot larger than your Yes, and also... Item. You can buy a head and cap, which again is actually what I'm interested in. And and, and, and that topic is um, where I play most of the time. There's always an ISO cap, and I don't like putting a combo in an ISO cap because you end up getting a super super hot amp, which can lead um, to some overheating issues if, if you don't turn off your amp after you play. Um, I turn my amp my head and cap now off anyway. But that's just something to think of in this. Uh, in yeah, my, amp amp in a box does not sound like a like a yeah, good so, thing over time. So, <laughs> um, if you know anything about um, amplifier prices, amp uh, a combo is, I think a hundred percent always a hundred percent not hundred percent cheaper, but like a hundred percent of the time cheaper <laughs> than a head and cap um, by quite a bit. Um, so I, I I already was looking to spend more um, right. just for that option. So the London, you could buy a head and cap. I think it would end up being like, if I could find one used, it'd be around the same what I paid for my Benson, but used and knew it would be a little bit more. So as much as I like the Benson, or sorry, as much as I like the 65 London, it was just a little bit hard to come by. Okay. Um, so the other main option I was looking at were Jackson amps and specifically the Scarlet 30, which is a straight-up modified AC30 circuit. Um, had and something I love and wanted is something very simple. My Benson has two in it, two knobs and a dip switch. So I wanted something that just sounded good, wasn't a lot of fuss. I could turn on and would sound excellent, and I could do everything else for my pedal board, um, drive-wise. Hmm. So... That's kind of the realm I was looking for. I wanted, at the very most, a volume, no master volume. There could be, but I didn't really care about that. And then, at the very, very most, a three-band EQ. Um, and you've got a volume and a tone. I have a volume, a tone, and a dip switch that goes from the... Let me look over here. Top to normal. Yep. A top to normal. So it's almost like it's exactly what a top boost circuit would be in like an easy 30. You have your top boost, top boost uh, circuit or your normal channel. 
Um, so the Jackson was very similar to this, except it was 30 watts, um, extremely loud. Um, I think it actually, I've never played one still. That's the one thing about um, my Earhart and the Jackson is I, out of all the options I played there, there are two, the two brands I had never gone to play. Hmm. Um, so it was a lot of word of mouth, a lot of trusting in some friends I've made over gear, gear talk forums and some, just some pedal makers that I, I trust their ear um, in knowing what they talk about. So Jackson, um, a pretty small company, they kind of got big out of John Mayer starting to play their amps way back and big in the praise and worship scene. Um, some predominant players, if you know anything about praise and worship, would be like Jeffrey Cundy and Nigel Hendriff of uh, Hillsong. Um, who Can I say that this is Jam- Jackson Ampworks, not to be confused with Jackson Audio? Yes. Um, thank okay. you for that shout out. And they actually also make, that we sell, um, they have their new Jackson... Uh, is it Jackson uh, Audio? Or is it, they sell the Prism. Correct. Same company. Oh, it is the same company. It is the same company. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought it was different. All same right, exact company. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll also take this opportunity to add then that I'm going to say you didn't decide on the Jackson because it's totally not your style. <laughs> this Scarlet 30 with the racing stripe is not what I would expect from you. Oh, yeah. The Scarlet 30 is not... Um, it had more options than I wanted. So that's why I was looking specifically at the Newcastle 30, which... Okay essentially has the same exact options as the Earhart, except it has one excellent feature, um, which is um, a built-in attenuation, or um, what would you call it? Like a, You can scale back the wattage. Oh, switchable the, wattage. Yeah, uh, it wasn't yeah. even switchable. It was a linear knob on the back of the... Oh, nice. It was, okay. Yeah, so I think it, went, it goes from 30 watts to something like 0.5 watts. It's been a while since I looked at it, but it's in, the, it's in pretty much the exact same price range as the Benson. So the reason I did not go with that was I made a post probably five or six months ago on one of the Gear Talk forums about either the Earhart, um, the Benson, or the Newcastle. And if anyone had experience in both or just one or the other, what they would go with. And in that post, I was offered like 10 different people's Jacksons. Um, hmm. That, hmm. huh, at, first, at first you're like, that's great. <laughs> but again, that being said, not a single person offered me a Benson. And that made me question, why do so many people want to sell me their Jackson? Is it they were probably telling you sounded awesome, right? You should get it. It's exactly what you want. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> um, of course, I, I, I'm part of, there, uh, there's a part of the tube amp community in the boutique amp community, there's a stigma of reliability in many brands um, that, I've, that actually puts me off. Um, another option I was looking at was a Morgan AC20, and there's a lot of bad stigma as far as um, reliability goes. I don't think it's all true, and I think a lot of it comes down to people not being educated in how to take care of a tube amp. Um, and of course, there's always the obvious actual reliability issues, which I've had with the matchless so I wanted something I know it's tour ready, even though I don't go on tour, but something that could go on tour just because I know anything like that will be reliable. And even though Jackson's aren't necessarily unreliable and actually many people do tour with them and they have a great, great um, reputation, the thing that put me off, which is that so many people want to unload their Jackson. Um, so as great as they sound on paper, 
Um, I had, as I said, all these people offering me the Jacksons. And then as far as the Benson Earhart goes, I had like people like um, Rick Matthews of ben- uh, Benson, Rick Matthews of Matthews Effects speak amazing things about um, the Earhart. And if you know anything about Rick Matthews, he has a really great reputation of a great year and making some amazing pedals. So he was a trustworthy, um, a trustworthy opinion as far as someone who makes pedals. And I want something that's going to be still have a character of the AC AC thirty or that top boost circuit, but be a great pedal platform. And then also um, Blake Wyland of the Tomop talks amazing things about Benson. And then of course. Benson, I think, is slowly becoming kind of the new hotness in the boutique community. Is one of the the standout, like really great brands. Well, when they when they released their own preamp pedal, then something must be up. Which I pre-ordered. <laughs> of course you did. Um, course at you first, did. I didn't think I was, but then it sold out immediately, and I've heard great things again from Blake Wyland, people from, people like that. And one thing about Crick about um, Mr. Benson himself. Um, I've been watching an interview with him. He doesn't make amps. He is a great ear and he makes amps for something that will sit well in the mix and something that will record well and like does its job. It doesn't necessarily sound great on its own, even though they do, but just does the job exactly in a mix and like in a band setting, which is exactly what I was looking for. So it just made a lot of sense. And, and within all this, still not having, getting to play one. Um, so now I guess we'll go more on the, de- the specific details of the Earhart and why I decided on my specific app. Did you make this purchase prior to playing it at all? Um, I never played one. Huh. Never played one. And uh, I would have loved to. In most cases, I want to play an amp before... I get to... Uh, of course. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense, especially for an investment like this. Again, mm-hmm. I bought it on Reverb and completely have the option to return it. So gotcha. that wasn't like an issue. Um, and I think that's part of the reality of the guitar gear re, um, world we live in now is it's, it's headed toward complete, a lot of online stuff, which is, I, is what Gear Hero and Pedal Genie are for the predominant most part, as you know, Tony, is that it's just mostly online. And kind of what we deal in. So there's not a lot of in Fort Lauderdale. You know this where we live. There's not a great a great selection of boutique mom and pop shops, which is well, unfortunate. So you, your opportunity to play a Benson was practically nil. Was practically nil. There is a place okay. I think in Naples, um, but they didn't have one. They didn't have an Earhart. Um, real quick, as far as the line at Benson, they make like four amplifiers. They make a Monarch, which is more of a Fender-style thing. They make a, the Chimera, which is the Monarch, but bigger and more wattage. They make the Vinny, which is a really tiny five-watt little, like, I'm, I, I struggle to say a home practice amp because five watts is still really loud if, in the mm. tube amp world. Um, mm-hmm. That's a topic for another another time, which is actually going back to the Ox, kind of why I bought it, because any tube amp, it's going to be really hard to crank it up in your small... I'm just going to call my where I live an apartment um, right next to someone else. And anything to play at a cranked volume where you want it to be at a reasonable volume that won't 
piss off all your neighbors. And then the Earhart, which is 15 or 18 watts, depending on what pre, um, what, um, what's that stupid, what rectifier tube you use. Um, gotcha. I currently have the 15 watt version. So, the Earhart, what is it? So, as I've said, it's a top boost circuit, um, AC30 style. Essentially, I describe it as the AC15 that everyone wants because it's 15 watts. Um, it's what I thought my AC15 would be, but never was. So it sounds like an AC30 top boot circuit, but it's only 15 watts. Brilliantly designed, all hand wired, um, beautiful. So um, the one outstanding thing about Benson is they come in many different uh, Toltex finishes. Um, all right, so you have classic stripe. Yes, I have crest, classic stripe Toltex. And yeah, I looked it up for you. <laughs> yes, I, I looked at it too. Um, and then um, they have like a gray um, fawn kind of Toltex, which is, I think they're kind of standard um, look. And they have a few other options. They have like a completely stained wood finish and then some cool, um, very colorful. Yeah, the all wood ones are pretty cool looking. Yeah, but those are a premium. Gotcha. Um and if you want to buy them straight direct from a dealer, or sorry, direct from Benson, um, I asked because I can't remember the finish, but it's like a flowery, um, very, very colorful option. It's like a three or four month wait and then hmm. uh, like a $400 premium on top of that. So you go okay. from what for me was I paid uh, already at the top of your budget. Yeah, I just, I paid just under $2,400. Um, for my Earhart uh, head and cab, and then another $400 on top of that. So just like pretty much more than I wanted to spend on the amplifier in the first place. And you may ask- And, and, and you bought their custom covers. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> that being said, so they sell very expensive custom covers, which are, when I, when I first ordered them, I'm like, why are they so expensive? I need them. Because once I got the amp and realized how amazing and how pretty it is, I wanted to protect it especially because I carry around so much. Um, the covers, I think, were a little bit over $200 and done, which is expensive, but they're very nice, very thick. They have a nice padded inside. Um, yeah, it's, so, a, it's a nice kind of canvas leather trim yeah, so, thing. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, so like in the end, I paid just over $2,600 <laughs> for my Earhart, which I also financed um, for three months um, through Reverb, through, um, what is it called? I think it's a firm. A firm, So yeah. I, I think I paid... It's not. It's hardly anything. I think I paid eighty dollars in interest, which is nothing, um, for three months payment. Well worth it. it. Just for me, it made a lot more sense to be able to price it out as far as dropping straight up financially, like dropping twenty six hundred dollars. This isn't something I can't do, but sure. something that wasn't super wise. So I'm able to get something a little bit earlier, and of course I can always get it, return it, and get it refunded, as I've said, if I didn't like it. But luckily, I love it, and I think it's by far one of the best selling amps I've ever played. Hmm. David, happy again, win. So, the features um, of the amp. So, EL84, 12AX7, um, typical, pretty much the same exact uh, tube output like section as a hand-wired AC15, not the C1. So, it has a tube rectifier as opposed to the, um, what is it called? The, a solid-state rectifier. Um, so, you have a, a volume knob and a tone knob. So no master volume, you crank it and it distorts around six actually. Um, 
that being said, one thing I was worried about, um, Math, uh, Rick Matthews told me that it had great headroom, and he was right. Um, this Earhart has more headroom than the 30-watt mattresses I'm used to playing, um, hmm. which to me have a... Mattresses, I have gotten mattresses to sound very great, specifically the HC30s. I think they can sound really good in a mix as well, but they have a particular shrill and brittle high end that I'm not very fond of. Um, the one differential differentiation of from like the other amps I played, like specifically the London, the London, uh, the 65 London um, 15 watt amp, and then the Morgan AC20 is that. They did not have that and were exactly kind of what I was looking for in my top boost AC circuit, which is my my personal favorite. I've not mentioned this. <laughs> Amp. No, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> my it's exactly what's so in all this search, I was specifically looking for my favorite kind of amp, which was an AC circuit. Um and I'm very picky with them because it's either they're either really great or really bad in my experience. Um so I was looking for either something that was similar to the AC, sorry, the uh, London or the Morgan. I'm very happy to say is the Earhart is exactly that, if not better. So exactly what I'm looking for. Perfect, perfect EQ spectrum, even with just one tone knob. So the tone knob on this amp isn't like a tone knob on most pedals. So it kind of blends between bass and treble, and it's more of a filter than it is... Uh, they call it tilt. Yes, so it's, it has a very good... Um, what, what in the mastering and EQ um, audio world, I guess you could call it, would be it's more of a high pass, if that makes sense. So as you bring up the tone, you don't necessarily get any more treble, even though I think it does change it a little bit. You get less bass, which is for me makes a lot of sense, especially when you have an amp... EQ'd as well as the, as my ear heart. It just it's great. So I'm just very happy to say that the tone works perfectly, and it's not too bright, it's not too dark, and the blend between them is just excellent and does everything you need from one tone knob. And then you have your um, your tone switch, I guess you could call it, not dissimilar to something you would see on like a um a, what do you call it a deluxe reverb a twin reverb that has a bright switch. So even though, in my opinion, the bright switch on the uh, deluxe reverb is going to be too bright. Um, it goes from your top boost circuit to their normal circuit. So their normal circuit is based more on their Monarch amp. Um, that being said, the Earhart is very similar circuit-wise as from what I've been told and from what I've read to the Monarch. So it's built upon a similar idea to specifically um, targeted at the top boost circuit. So it's loosely based on that. I say loosely, which is what they say. For all intents and purposes, it's an AC30 top boost circuit. Uh, it sounds like one. And then the, um, the Monarch um, has also a very similar feature, except it's called American the British. So the British circuit <laughs> is like an AC kind of deal or a Marshall kind of deal. So very similar, exact same size actually, and very similar wattage. Can, can I add that I like the uh, three-position power standby switch as opposed to the two separate power and standby oh, yes. switches? That's but, quite nice. Yeah. Um, 
arguably, many people say they don't understand the point of a standby and a tube amp. Actually, there's that's a whole other circ- like argument. Um, with my uh, 68 uh, Custom Deluxe, it likes to make a popping noise when you go from uh, standby to um, standby on and off, which is just part of the circuit design. It has to do with uh, voltages and it's part of the amp. My ear heart doesn't do that. I mean, most of the time I just go from on to off. But that is a great option so you don't have two switches, which is really cool. So I guess yes. that kind of summarizes everything. So when I got it, plugged it in, actually got it in while I was working. So I had it delivered, actually not delivered, to uh, where me and Tony work, but delivered to a FedEx very close. Got it plugged, one grabbed it during lunch break, plugged it in. Can, can I go get my amp? Can I go get my amp? Yeah, you weren't even there. Can I go get my amp? You weren't even there. <laughs> Lou was just there. So bring it back, but plug it in. Excited. At first it was a little bit underwhelming because I just had, I didn't have my guitar or anything. But I knew it sounded really good. And again, like I said, unbelievable amount of headroom for a 15-watt amplifier. I got it home, plugged. And most people would say, I guess, like, you kind of want an amp to say sound really good clean um, and bend amp pedals to it. That's not always true. Um, This amp sounds great apart from pedals, that being said. But again, I was a little underwhelmed. But as soon as I plugged my pedal board in, um, after getting it home, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So to say the least, the search is done. And I'm, it's kind of the AC circuit for me. And it's kind of the, the all being or like the only thing I'm interested in anymore. If I buy another amplifier at this point, other than probably like a Princeton, just a small little fender, it will be another Benson. So... Hmm. I can't speak greater things about how great this amp is. It's been so... Did, you, did you have any desire for an effects loop on the amp? So... Because I see that it does not have so one. So it does not have one. Um, for what I do, and for where my amp is live, I would have to have an, an un- unbelievable long uh, send and return uh, cable to do uh, this. yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get some tone loss, and do you have? You'll end up with like sixty, eighty, hundred feet of cable in total. Oh yeah, weight. something like that. Um, and again, I live in the camp very similar to what Dan and Mick of that power show live in. Um, I don't like effects loops. I like the way things sound in front of the amp, and I run my amp at the very most at the edge of breakup, which is where I like it. And I, I kind of like the sound of a slightly dirty reverb or delay. Um, hmm. It adds, okay. a, adds a greatness to it. And of course, it's not overbearing or crazy by any means. But again, I'm not in the camp of, I don't use actual gain in the amplifier. So I don't need an effects loop at all. Gotcha. Okay. So even though, for instance, the, uh, I believe the Jackson does have an, yes, the Jackson does. It does. The Jackson it does. does have an effects loop. So if you're in the same boat as me, but you want, you have to have an effects loop. The Jackson is probably what you have to buy. Apart from that, the Earhart, I think, from everything I've heard, is probably the better amplifier um, from a tone perspective. Um, also, size. Um, if you are not it's at all... quite f- small, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's extremely small. Um, the two, the cab and the head, it, together, weigh less than my, uh, weigh less than my uh, 68 Deluxe. 
which is outstanding. Your had and kept, your had, your had and kept together will be thirty nine pounds at most. Yes, and um, your head is eight by eight by thirteen, which is nice and tidy. So unbelievably tiny, which I'm a big fan of, especially for someone who wants an AC thirty kind of deal. But AC thirties are such a pain to carry around, mm-hmm. and then you can't fit them in an ISO box. Well, at least most ISO boxes. And then I don't have to carry around an 80-pound amp. So as someone, I don't really say, if you know anything about the amount of gear I carry to a gig or the praise and worship to play four songs, I don't care about <laughs> that. I, I, I don't make any sacrifices in tone. So that wasn't necessarily a super big deal to me. But again, I'm a little 100-pound, 20-pound guy. I don't want to be uh, carry around an AC30 twice a week. That sounds horrible to me. So the small footprints of the Earhart made a lot of sense. You know, your pedal board, in, especially in its case, probably weighs more than your amp and cab uh, Yes, it combo. does. And another thing to point out, an AC-15 um, with the speaker I had in it, I modified everything I could have with an AC-15. Weighed over 50 pounds. Goodness gracious. A little 15-watt combo weighs 50 pounds. No. <laughs> not having it I will say as much as I hate the AC-15 I did not like my tone with it there's a lot of I don't mean to defend anyone I think the AC-15 sound garbage for me but I've heard a lot of people sound really great through AC-15C1 so for those of you who do like your AC-15 are more than happy with your $500 amp and don't think you need a $2,500 amp I agree with you if you're happy with it <laughs> but if you're like me and have had the opportunity to play a lot of really great options out there, you kind of get spoiled. And I'm in the lucky position of being able to afford such a thing, at least for now, being single, living with my parents for now, and making a good income, only having to pay for a few bills. If you, if you can afford... Living the dream, my friend. I am living the dream for now, <laughs> which is if you are in the same position as me before you get married and get a girlfriend and all that crap... Buy as much gear as possible and save build your rig now. Build your rig now because my rig is, as Tony knows, very expensive, and I have insured it. Finally. Oh, you know, I was just talking to somebody in the store the other day. I can't remember the context, but I was. We were talking about insurance, and very happy that you got your rig insured. Um, not just in weight, <laughs> but in value. Oh yeah, because. When you have, I'm paying just under $200 a month. I actually have to add my ox now just so it's covered. Like with the amount of gear you have, like there's no way in heck I'm going to be able to afford to replace everything at once. Even just like if I had to straight up buy my Benson again, I could do it, but it would, it would be a, it wouldn't be a financial burden, but it's not something at all I want to do because I make, sure. I make the investment. It's an expensive amp. I want it to be covered. Yeah, I generally live by, if I can't afford to replace it, it needs to be insured. Oh, yeah. And it's not even necessarily for me and to take uh, my ability to take care of the amp. Because I take very good care of my gear, um, at least in my opinion. I'm very cognizant, cognizant, uh, cogni- cognizant. cognizant of uh, <laughs> keep taking it out. I don't like leaving my gear in my car at all. Sure. Um, I do. But it's all about things that are beyond your own control. Exactly. And like... Someone can break into my house. This is the reality of the situation. Like, mm-hmm. there's terrible people who are awful and just take things that they're not their own. 
So it's completely out of my control. And in all reality, that's the reality of what can happen. And I want to make sure I'm covered in that situation. Excellent. So I'm proud of you. Yes. And for the amount of gear I have, $200 a month, not a month, sorry. I think I said month. Yeah, a year. $200 you a year. You did. A year. $200 a year for the amount of gear I have is very, very reasonable. So I think I went through, I think it's called Music Pro Insurance. Um, okay, good. I was going to ask for listeners what uh, that might be. Music Pro Insurance. And from, I've not had a, a direct experience with having to go through them yet. But from all the reading I've had and all the reviews and all the talking I've had with various customers, it seems to be the kind of the industry standard and the way to go. Mm, excellent. That being said, I still have to make, I still have to finish making my crazy uh, uh, a folder of all my insurance information, like in, uh, pictures, uh, serial numbers, all that, just to have it on record, just in case anything were to get, God forbid, stolen. I have the proof that I own it. Yeah, always a good thing to have. Even if you don't have insurance, you should have a uh, inventory list of things. Oh, yeah. And then what's great about... So I made this purchase on Reverb. So I have... Reverb records everything. So I'm looking right now at my purchase order. So I have that receipt if I were to need it. Well, we, uh, you were happy with your purchase, and we ended with a little bit of advice, uh, which is once you get to a certain amount of gear, you should get that shit covered. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like Once you start, once you're not a broke college student or you're able to afford um, the acclimation of a gear collection, like slowly building up gear, it's kind of a necessity, um, especially when we're th- talking about like a guitar or an amp that costs well over $2,000 and you have multiple amounts of these. You ensure that crap um, when you're playing out constantly, things can happen. And just having that security of knowing something that's as much as I, I try to prevent in all cases, if we, as we said, it not happening, people do dumb crap. So let's, mm-hmm. it's very smart to make sure that you're covered in this scenario. All right. Well, all right then. I think um, we've covered a lot of new gear today. I, th- I think we're over an hour. Let me look. <laughs> Let me see here. Uh, wait, we should close though. Well, yeah, I got a, I got one thirty three on my on my thing here. Yeah, but, I have one. I have ninety three minutes. That makes right, sense. But we should but we should close. Um, so, all right. So we covered a lot of uh, new gear today, didn't we? Uh yes. <laughs> we'll have to do this again when we have some more purchases. Yeah, I have. I think I'm sure we both have many either incoming purchases or. Plan purchases. Decisions that have to be made. You're never done with your rig. So we will definitely have another new gear day. I can't tell you what's on tap for next episode because I don't think we're even sure yet. Uh, But I would like to thank you for listening to this one and hope you'll listen to the next. Um, Really quick, um, we do have an Instagram. So if if you're a current listener and you have an Instagram, please go give us a follow at Pedal Sniffers. We are pedal sniffers everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, so Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, um, iTunes, Twitter. Yes. Please give Website. us a follow. Pedal sniffers, pedal sniffers, pedal sniffers, pedal sniffers. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we also have a YouTube. So you, if, you, if you would be so inclined for any reason, you can also listen to our podcast on YouTube. All right, so for this episode, this is Tony. This is David. 
and we are the Pedal Sniffers. <laughs>